But I want to go into the message today because I believe there's something good here. This message is inspired by my son, Ariel, and I believe it, it, it has a word for you. There's a word in this for you, for all of us. So remember, we're talking about being unshakable. Say that I will be unshakable. This is very important. But I want to take you to Genesis, the second chapter, and I want to read the eighth and the 15th verse. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in, in, in the east in Eden, and there he put the man that he had formed. Then he goes into verse 15, <clears throat> the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. It was God's intention in the beginning to work the soil, to work the planet, to work what he had given mankind. So in Genesis, God placed man in a garden to work and keep it and take care of it. And that, that idea has never changed. Now through Jesus Christ, something has happened. You receive Jesus as Lord. Am I right? You receive him as Lord. And then the garden becomes you. You are now the garden. And being in his presence, we must work and keep the, keep the garden experience. I want you to keep that garden experience today because that's where you're going to be unshakable in that garden experience. It's in this garden where we, and I penned this this morning, it is in this garden where we develop the unshakable power of his presence. It's in this garden where we develop the unshakable power of his presence. And you'll see why in just a few moments. Because within this garden, there's some trees. The important tree is that in this garden, we have the tree of life. Who is the tree of life? It is Jesus Christ, and he will abide with you forever and ever and ever in your garden. So the Bible says, and with Jesus speaking in John 15, this is important to understand where we're headed here in this message. In John 15, verse 3, the Bible says, And now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. The word, the word, the word. You're clean through the word. So he said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Abide in me and I in you, you in me. So you have to see if you break that down that it is his word. His word has to abide in you because his word is that spirit. His word is that life within you, which is the ground. So you have the seed of the word in your ground, which develops a relationship, which builds, I would say, the presence, the presence of God. So this is what I want you to see today is that you are the garden. Jesus Christ, the word, <clears throat> the word he is the seed that's planted in your life and something's going to come forth from that if you will do what God said and that is to work the ground, you being the ground. The Bible says in John 14, verse 19, yet a little while, this is John 14, 19, yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Why, why, why will I see him? Because I live, you shall live also. You know, when you hide a seed in the soil, just because you can't see the seed does not mean that it's not there, that it's not active, that it's not alive, that it's not working, and that it will not produce. <coughs> Jesus is saying here that in a little while you'll not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. 
In that day, verse 20, in that day you know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. That means the seed is in you and it is alive. And if it is alive, guess what? It will produce fruit. Jesus answered in verse 23 of that same chapter, if anyone loves me, he will keep, he will keep my word. Now, I see that as a little different than most people. I see it as him as us watching over the seed that we've planted in our lives. Make no mistake of it, just because a seed is planted doesn't mean that you can stop and not manicure it, that you don't have to work it. You have to work the Word of God in your life. And he says, if you do that, if you keep my Word, you watch over my Word, watch what he says, and my Father will love him. God Almighty will love you because you're keeping the Word, the seed of his promise the seed of his greatness. And he says, and we will come to him and make our home with him. How many people wants God, the father to live and dwell within you? I do. I don't know about you, but he says, keep my word. What does he mean by that? He says, I want you to take ownership of my word. Take ownership of my word. Take ownership of that seed that's sown. And remember, the seed has to be kept up. And I'm going to show you in a moment how you do that. There is a a process that you go through. But in the scriptures, as we have to stay in tune with the word, John 15, verse 6 in the English Standard Version, he says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away. So you have to abide. The seed has to stay in the ground, your ground, your garden. The seed has to stay in your ground because if you don't abide in him, he says that branch is taken away and it's, it, it's discarded. It withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Remember, it's like a gardening experience. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide, if you keep my word, if you work my word, if you sustain my word, he said, something's going to happen. Watch this. If you keep it, you sustain it, you look after it, he said, ask whatever you wish, and it will de- be done for you. How do you do that? You've got to work the word, and the word's got to work you. It's reciprocal. You work the word and the word works you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my father is glorified that you bear a little bit of fruit. No, no. He says that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. How do you prove to be his disciples? You produce much fruit. How do you produce much fruit? There's something you got to do with the seed in you. You have to work it. You can't just listen to a message or hear a prophet speak or hear the word of God and say, well, that's good and clap your hands and go home. No, you've got to work it, work it, work it, work it, refine it, define it, and, and let the word come alive in you. He wants you to bear much fruit. That's what he wants out of you. So I want to take you now to some important verses. And you have to stay with me because this is important. Revelations 12, verse 10 and verse 11 in the English Standard Version. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ have come. And now... It's been sown. What has happened? The authority of Jesus Christ, Pastor Kenny, has been planted on the earth in the garden of our life. He's here. The seed has been sown. For the accuser of our brethren has been cast down. How did he get cast down? When Jesus was sown, he was on the cross. He gave his life. He shed his blood. Sown into our lives. The accuser of the brethren, Satan himself, has been thrown down. 
He says, who accuses them day and night before our God, and they have conquered him. This is important to remember. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb. We're talking about salvation. We're talking about deliverance. We're talking about covenant. We're talking about grace. So they love, and they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word. Now this is important. And by the word of their testimony. You see, when the word is sown, there has to come forth something called a testimony. That means you have seen, you have heard, you have witnessed, and you have the ability to talk about it. I have the ability to persuade people with the word of God. Watch this now. That's when I release what God has placed in my life. When I release it, something starts to happen. The fruit starts to grow. And he said they love not their lives even unto death. Why? Because they're telling everybody about the good things that God has done for them and in their lives. They're making a mark. They overcome. They overcame by the blood and the word. The blood and the word. The blood of Jesus Christ and the word. Not only the word spoken, the words received and the word that is ignited. The word that is worked. The word that is proclamated or proclaimed. Am I making sense? If you don't proclaim it, it dies. The word is like, it has to keep moving. It has to be animated. It has to be heard. The word is very important. Overcome by the blood and, and the word that is received, the testimony, the testimony, say that with me, the testimony. You don't realize how important that word is. It's vital. So you see, in all this, we're the garden. Jesus is sown in us. The word is there. It's starting to work in our lives as it was working in Peter and John. And Peter and John, one day they healed a man that was lame from birth, the Bible says. Lame from birth in Acts, the fourth chapter. And you'll, because of that, they got in trouble. Because they were speaking about Jesus Christ. They're speaking about his resurrection. They're speaking about his life. He, they get in trouble with the, with the religious leaders of that day. And they wanted to silence Peter and John. How many people know you, can't, it, you cannot silence that which God says shall live? You cannot silence it. So they were put on trial, and they started to speak with boldness through the might and power of the Holy Spirit, and nothing could stop them. The, 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 the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they could do nothing because they spoke with boldness, and the people started, when they spoke with boldness, what did they do? Read it for yourself. They started praising God. There's no way you can talk about Jesus to anybody and them not feel or sense the power of God, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Watch this, Acts 4, 23. This is where it starts getting good. So when they were released, Peter and John were released, they went to their friends. Help me here. Where did they go? They went to their friends. Now we can say it other ways. They went to their husband. They went to their wives. They went to their, their, their cousins. They went to their friends, their community. They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. What did they do? Reported. And when they heard it, when the people heard it, when the community heard it, they lifted up their voices together to God and said, Sovereign God, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And then listen to this, Acts 4, 29. And now, Lord, consider their threats. Watch this. Lord, we consider, you con we consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. 
Stretch out your hand to heal and perform, perform signs and wonders through the name of the, the holy servant, Jesus. Now, Hear what happened here when they started proclaiming this. They're in the community of believers. They're starting to talk it. They're starting to work the seed. They're starting to work what God has placed in their soil. I'm going a little fast because I'm excited. But in Acts 4.31 in the ESV, it says, And when they had prayed, and when they had prayed, the place which they were gathered together, the community, was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. And continued to speak. The word of God with boldness. What did they do, Pastor Mike? They spoke the word of God with boldness. What was that? Their testimony. That was their witness. They didn't let it die. It, Jesus didn't just say something and then forget it. They said it and we, we took hold of that one thing. That one thing that was going to change our lives. The one thing that was going to change our heart. The one thing that was going to change our spirit. That one thing Peter and John got a hold of it, and it gave to them an unshakable ability, an unshakable power, an unquenchable force. This is good stuff. So they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Although Peter and John had been, been confronted by the Sadducees, they realized their one thing. Watch this. They realized their one thing. What have we been teaching? My son came up with it several weeks ago, and then I've been talking about it. In church, come up with that one thing. It's not just for you to come up with one thing and that's it. It's because we want you to meditate on it. We want you to talk about it. We, we want you to tell other people because when you do, somebody help me. Boldness comes forth. The power of God is there. Whenever I speak the word of God, the power of God shows up like he is right now. I sense his glory. I sense his power. Without him, I feel frail. But with him, I can fight a lion. Because God is my source and he is my strength. The one thing they took a hold of, that Peter and John took a hold of, that they better have boldness. They needed and had to have boldness in the power of the Holy Spirit and his grace. They had to have it because they realized it was not by their strength, it was not by their might, but it was by the Spirit of God if they were going to continue in their ministry. So why are we failing today? We're not talking about the Word. We're not lifting one another up. We're not encouraging one another in Jesus what has happened then? Jesus starts to die. We let the seed die in us. God, help me. How do I keep the seed alive in me? I say, I talk to Kathy about it. I talk to Ariel about it. I talk to my wife about it. I talk to Kenny. I say, man, God is so good. You, know, you say, but everything's going wrong. No, everything's going right. God has a plan. God is my source. And you start to speak with boldness. That's the only way you're going to change. That our circumstances is speaking with boldness. So we understand that, that Peter and John had something they learned. They took something, their one thing. The one thing that struck in their heart that day was if the people are going to challenge us, if the religious leaders are going to challenge us on a daily basis, actually, that's what they were doing, we have to speak the name of Jesus with boldness to the power of the Holy Spirit. That's their one thing. They realize they're going to have to change. They can't be meek. They can't be mild or timid. Timidity can't be a part of it. They have to speak it with boldness. Work that seed. Work that offering within themselves. They took this home. This is a point my son brought up. It started with Peter and John. But something happened when they went and talked to the community. Help me here. Something happened, Pastor Mike, when they took 
to the community because that which was alive in Peter and John, what happened, Ariel? It came alive in them. Everyone got a hold of it. They prayed together and they praised God together. And when they did that, the place was shaken. The community was shaken. All that were in the room received that one thing, just like Peter and John did. Now they received that one thing. Now they can take that one thing and expand upon it and go forward. They were all filled and all continued. Notice that the Bible says, and all continued to speak with boldness. Who did it? All. All. How did, why did they speak with boldness? Because Peter and John did. Am I right? The first two did. Now, everybody's speaking with boldness. What you have in Jesus, Pastor Kenny, is contagious. You got to speak it though. You have to proclaim it. You have to say, I believe in the word of God and the word of God is a part of my life. It's growing in me. It's taking root. The Bible says in Acts 4.31, all were filled and continued with boldness. They brought their one thing, the word they had received and shared their testimony of what happened to their friends. And when they came together in agreement, all of them received. They received something. That which only two had, now many have it because of the testimony of their boldness. Does that make sight you? It does me. How does this happen? You will always grow. You will grow where life is. Where is life? Jesus Christ. Scripture says in John 16, 6, Jesus is the life. Jesus is the life. As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold, there will be seed time and harvest, summer and wheat, winter, Day and night will never cease. I want to. I want to sort of because I know this this message is going to be expounded upon, and I want to take it to a to a stopping point because I I believe I've hit some things here, but I want to take it to something that I feel is is, is applicable for you today, and I want you to hear this very clear, clearly because what what you've learned and what you've received, what you've heard and seen, you've got to practice it. You've got to speak it with boldness. You've got to speak it in such a way that people will start to rejoice. Rejoicing will start to come out of you. You start to talk about it. When you start sharing the goodness of Jesus Christ. There's so much more in this message. But I want to give you some remarks that the Lord gave me early this morning. In Psalms 27 verse 4, I said, Lord, what, what is all this about? You know, we're talking about the one thing. He said, well, son, it's nothing new. I said, what do you mean it's nothing new? He said, read the scripture. When David said in Psalms 27 verse 4, one thing, one thing, one thing. It made him a conqueror. It made him a champion. It made him a man after God's own heart. He said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. And everybody David talked to, he expounded upon this. Are you getting it now? One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. I'm not seeking after your gain or your your your." Your accolades, your accolades mean nothing to me. Yeah, it may make me feel temporarily, but when God says something, it changes me eternally. Oh, Jesus. I love this too that my son brought out in closing. He said in, in Psalms 66 verse 16, come and hear, he says. Come and hear. Come and hear what? What's going on in my life? Come and hear what, what we're talking about. For where two or three are gathered together and we start to talk, he said, I'll write a book of their, a remembrance for the things they've said. Why would he write a book of remembrance? Because it's going to produce some fruit. He said, come in here. 
All you who fear or revere God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. Are you getting it now? If you want to be healed, start telling people about how good God is to you and how he's touched you. Has God healed you before, Pastor Kenny? Sister Kathy, has God healed you before? How about you, everybody else that's listening to me? Can you honestly say, has God healed you before? Then you need to tell somebody about it. You need to speak of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Don't, listen, so many people, they feel like that they've got to die to see Jesus. They're wrong. They're in error. I just, I just want Jesus to come back. Either I'm going to have to die or he's got to come back. No, all you have to do is talk about him. When you talk about Jesus, good things begin to happen. He is my Lord. It makes me feel good in the middle of the night to say, Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for helping me with my bills. Thank you for helping me with life's pressures. And when we do that, all things work out. So what am I saying today? Find that one thing. Turn to somebody and say, find that one thing, maybe in what we said here today, or maybe in some other conversations you had about God, or maybe... Maybe you're sitting in church listening. Get that one thing, hold on to it, and tell somebody about it. And let them expound to you because they may have a one thing too. And you bring all those one things together, you have got a bonfire of the presence of God. Yes. That's what we want. We want that one thing to ignite you like Peter and John. Ignite you in such a way where the whole community starts to praise God. Amen? That's what I want. It's a great sermon, great message. I hope you hear it today that the only way you're going to be beneficial to the kingdom of God and to yourself and your family is start finding that one thing that God could say that has said, God has said, and start to apply it. Start to talk about it. Start to share it. And your, your, as it was in that day, I believe your, your life will be shaken. I believe that. But I want to pray for you right now because I believe that you can find that one thing and you can have that unshakable power of the presence of God. All you have to do is accept it right now and speak it. Speak it. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity you've given me to minister this message. God, on the unshakable power of your presence, the one thing that I have desired of the Lord, the one thing that I will speak about, the one thing that I will project. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you, God, that you're reaching in the lives and the homes of people today. Maybe they're in a car or in a hospital, wherever they are. You're reaching into their life right now, and you're, you're letting them experience and sense and feel the goodness of the Lord right now. Right now. Lord, change their life. Change them. Transform their thinking. Lord, let them quit seeing things as doom and gloom and agony on me and let them realize that there's a greater days ahead of them. They've got to work the seed in the soil, which is them. They're the soil. They're the garden. Lord, help them today to grow. Help them to develop. Help them to be shaken by your presence, shaken by your spirit. Help them to speak your word with boldness. God, and for those that are sick and suffering, heal them. For those that are confused, Lord, bring them out of confusion. Lord, we need your help. I admit that. The one thing that I have desired of the Lord, and that is just to be in your presence. Because I love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this time. And they all would say, thank you so very much for being a part of our online service today. I believe it, it will be a blessing to you if you'll just listen to it over and over again. And start grabbing hold of that one thing. Because I'm going to tell you, it will change your life. If you quit thinking about the dead things, 
the powerless things, the negative things. You keep thinking about those things. How about thinking about the good things of God? Because whatever you apply is what's going to grow. Let me say that again. Whatever you apply is what's going to grow. You apply weed, weed seeds, you're going to get weeds. But you plant something good, you plant something that's of God, it's going to produce a fabulous harvest. But I love you and I appreciate you. I'll see you next week. Until then, I'm praying for you that you find that good word and speak it to someone else. God bless you.